0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, January 8th, 2023. Non-negotiables, in the beginning God created, and it was good, and God cares for all people. Given by Disciple Member Kyle Brandenburg. Good morning, Connection Community Church. Good morning. And everybody online. My name is Kyle Brandenburg, and um, my family, my wife Rachel and I have been attending for uh, almost 15 years now. I'm excited to be filling in for uh, Pastors Carrie and Allen this week. Um, so usually you'll find me more behind the scenes in the tech team or uh, the worship design team, but today I have the pleasure of bringing you the message. So uh, let's pray first. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for this new day and for gathering us all here this morning. <clears throat> Help us to be open-minded and receptive to your word Help us to put aside anything else that might be a distraction on our minds. I pray that your words this morning would reach those who need to hear it, and bless each person here. In Jesus' name, amen. So this week we're kicking off a new series that will lead us up into the Lent season. Each week we're going to be taking a look at one or two of what we're calling our non-negotiables. Looking at the dictionary, it defines non-negotiable as not open to discussion or modification. So our non-negotiables are the foundation on which our beliefs here at Connection Community Church are built, and we are unable and unwilling to budge on. It's our DNA. It's who we are and the basis for what we believe and why we believe it. So despite what I tell my kids when they're at home in an argument, with these, there's no compromise. Compromise. The first non-negotiable we're going to look at is found in Genesis 1, 1, and 31, which is, in the beginning God created, and it was good. Now we kind of paraphrased here a little um, to fit it all into one statement. Genesis is the first book of the Bible, and this non-negotiable is really just a summary of that first chapter. It chronicles the first seven days that God created everything that you and I have come to know. The first verse, God creates the heavens and the earth. Verses 3 through 5 sees God create light and darkness that he separates into night and day and concludes the first day. Then in verses 6 through 10, God creates the sky and separates the water from the land, which is done on the second day. The third day is described in verse 11 through 13, tells of God creating vegetation with plants bearing seeds and trees bearing fruit. Verses 14 through 19 describe the fourth day where God creates the sun, the moon, and the stars. Then we see the fifth and sixth days, verses 20 through 31, God creating every living creature, from the birds in the sky to the fish in the sea and then all the land animals after that then we come into picture as god creates mankind in his own image god created everything and then he rested on the seventh day so as we look at this first verse of genesis there are two main hebrew words that are used to describe god's actions the first is bara which translates to to create it's often used to describe something that was created from nothing the other word is Asa, which means to make, and usually suggests that pre-existing materials were used in the process. While there is some interchanging with these words, when bara is used, God is always the subject. God bara, the heavens and the earth, created from nothing. This is an important aspect to creation. By using bara, it suggests that the heavens and earth were created by God from nothing, It's not a situation where planets collided and the earth appeared. It's not something was there and then it was modified and then it became the heavens and earth. God created it all from nothing, nothing. So for those of you who don't know, I'm a designer. I'm an industrial designer by degree, which means that I design everyday products. I currently work for a company that designs air fresheners and fragrance products But between my professional work and school, I've designed anything from a basic bottle to an iPod case to a complex car interior. I do some graphic work and packaging design as well, which is mostly self-taught, but I love it the same. The reason that I'm telling you this is because no matter what I'm working on, every project always starts in the same place. Nothing. A plain white sheet of paper, blank. Nothing. There's nothing more intimidating than a deadline in a blank sheet of paper. Isn't that right, Barry? However, most of what I work on is a saw in my everyday life. Everything that I've designed is based upon shapes, colors, materials, styles, experiences that I've experienced in the past. Everything that I do in my everyday job is a saw, or making things from pre-existing materials. No matter how original I think my idea might be, I'm not creating from nothing. This is all to say how powerful, how awesome, how amazing our God is for creating, for birthing everything that we know. Even as a creative person, I often find it hard to fathom some of the intricate details of nature. For example, the Earth's axial tilt is about 23.5 degrees. And as it rotates, the sun shines at different latitudes at different angles throughout the year, which basically causes seasons. If our Earth rotated perfectly upright, the sun would shine at the same spot, and it would eliminate all those seasons. Or what about the fact that the Earth spins at 1,037 miles an hour? However, if we increase that just a little bit, there could be serious impacts on our life ranging from increased earthquakes, tsunamis, shortening of the length of day, which it gets dark at 4.30 right now. I don't think anybody wants that. God created this perfect, ideal situation for us to survive and thrive on this planet. It's crazy. He created you and me and this building and this family of connection from nothing. He had this image and formed it all from nothing. And as a side note, a few years back, Louis Giglio had this awesome message about the human body and this substance called laminin. Um, If you've seen it, it's awesome. If you haven't seen it, make sure you look it up when you get home. I can't do it justice, and uh, it's, it's really cool stuff. So creation is a huge basis for our Christian beliefs. We cannot come to know God personally by faith without also believing that he is the creator of all that exists. Even in our Apostles' Creed, which is a symbol of our faith, we start things off by saying, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. It's a proclamation saying that as Christians, this is one of the first things that you should know about us. So another thing that's important to note about this first non-negotiable is how several times that it's stated, God saw and it was good. This is honestly just as important as the fact that he created it all because our God is a God of goodness. He didn't create us because he was bored or wanted us to do his bidding. The earth wasn't created from some epic battle of the small G gods. In an article titled, Why Did God Create the World? John Piper states, God created us to know him and love him and show him. And then he gave us a hint of what he is like, the universe, The universe is declaring the glory of God, and the reason we exist is to see it and be stunned by it and glorify God because of it. Several years ago, um, I took a trip with my dad out to uh, Montana, Wyoming area. Uh, We traveled through Yellowstone National Park, across the Grand Tetons, and then up to Glacier National Park. I just had an interest in seeing more of the world, and it was a great opportunity to spend time with my dad. The views along this trip were just spectacular and awe-inspiring. We often stopped the car just to get out, take pictures, and try and capture some of this beauty. And then, again, this past spring, we decided to take another trip out to California. It started with me running a 21-mile race up the Big Sur coast, which was breathtaking in multiple ways. We then traveled to Sequoia National Park, Yosemite, and then across and down the uh, Redwoods along the California coast. Yosemite was probably my favorite stop uh, among either of the two trips. I just remember just standing there at all. I'm not really big into camping, but I think I probably could have stayed there for several weeks just to try and take it all in. It reminded me of Psalm 121, 1 through 2, When David makes note of God's creation, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. But you know, I often look back at these pictures and I find it incredible at how little I was able to capture from these pictures. No matter how beautiful the photo may look, it's nothing compared to being there standing in his glory. He made all of this to share with us. And if you ever get a chance to experience any of these places, and I imagine many of you have traveled to places that I would love to see that I haven't seen yet, but take the chance. It's awesome. And I don't know how you can look at these places and just not agree that what God created was good. At the end of Genesis 1, it's detailed how God created man. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image. over every living creature that moves in the ground. God created us, all of us. And this leads me into our second non-negotiable. God cares for all people. The fact that God created us just shows how important we are to him. He made us in his image for his glory. When you look at yourself in the mirror, you're seeing God's image. And when you look around at each person in this room, you are seeing God's image. No matter how unique or different each person is, it's all God's image for his glory. And the fact is, while we can look at some of these photos that I showed you, and we can see like how beautiful they are, and we can see God's image in them, how often is it hard to find that same image of God with those that we interact with every day? All of us are very good at picking and choosing who we, who we are kind, show kindness to. God cares for everyone, and it's up to us to be a reflection of his love, even to those who we find maybe challenging. But 2 Peter 3.9 states, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness, but instead he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. <clears throat> Despite the fact that I'm standing up here talking to you today, or the fact that you may see me making a fool of myself on the annual tech team videos, I'm actually a massive introvert. I'm much more comfortable sitting in the corner not talking to anyone than trying to make conversation with any anybody in like a large group. And small talk might as well be my kryptonite. It's taken a lot over the years to break out of my shell and try and be more interactive and an outward leader. The fact is, we interact with people every day. We encounter people in our homes, schools, work, grocery store, gas stations, large crowded events. How often are we acknowledging those people versus lowering our head and proceeding about our business? In fact, we often don't even make eye contact and only open our mouths if they've done something to make us mad. How can we be a reflection of God if we can't even acknowledge those around us? Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 17, to not regard others according to the flesh, but instead regard them as we regard Christ. Now, obviously, this is easier said than done, But this starts when we can stop letting the earthly concerns get in our way and start thinking like Jesus. We need to stop letting those daily tasks and those selfish interests cloud our judgment. We tend to push others aside to achieve these tasks and only get to the compassion when it's convenient to us. In an article from Crosswalk.com, T.M. Moore states, if we're able to regard others as we regard Christ, we must see them as beings open to his grace, and we must learn to see ourselves and live our lives as his chosen, redeemed, empowered servants who think more highly of others than ourselves. So in my previous job many, many years ago, um, I designed cases for Apple products. Um, It was uh, mostly iPod cases and laptop bags at the time. And each year, my company would travel out to Macworld in San Francisco, uh, which is basically where Steve Jobs would unveil like, the latest technology that they were um, making for that year. And we would set up a trade show booth and display our products and try and sell to uh, vendors and customers. And since we were a small company, all the employees went, and we got to act as salespeople and try and draw people in. And I remember one particular time in one of these Mac worlds my boss brought me a friend who had an idea for a new case that he wanted to share with me So one thing you should know about me that is I have a very active mind and as somebody's telling me ideas a lot of times I'll start to kind of build these ideas as they're talking It's kind of like one of those cartoons where you know the bubble pops up and you can kind of see everything kind of happening right there So his friend starts describing his idea and I start assembling this iPod case in my mind, trying just to you know, work through each detail. We talked maybe five minutes, and then shook hands in cordially parted ways. Later, my boss came to me and said, so what did you think of his idea? And I said, I think it's a great idea. He goes, oh, well, he thought you hated it. I realized that maybe my creative working mind wasn't translating to a "I like your idea face. I started realizing that there were some benefits to having some self-awareness. So it's not only important that we're looking, starting to look at these people around us, but it's also just as important that we realize how we're communicating to those people we're talking to. People come to Christ in many, many different ways. And by understanding who you're talking to or the circumstances or environment that you're in, you're better able to connect with those around you. 2 Timothy two twenty four through 26 says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to knowledge of the truth. I think as Christians, we're not always good at self-awareness. We're all sinners, and we all fall short of the glory of God. <clears throat> but Christians often get categorized as hypocrites, goody-two-shoes, because we have good intentions, but our actions may come across the wrong way. So while my good idea of faith is always a work in progress, I also work hard on trying to be genuine, authentic, compassionate, which hopefully allows me to be a better reflection of Christ. God cares for all people, which means... We should care for all people. We can't be selective of who we love, and no one is beyond our love. During his ministry, Jesus preached to all types of people. He ministered to lame, blind, deaf, leprous, paralyzed, poor, and hurting. He continually rebuked religious leaders and welcomed those in need. In John 8, there's a story of Jesus in the temple. They brought a woman before him claiming she had been caught in the act of adultery. Instead of anger or persecution, he simply said, "Let any one of you without sin be the first to throw a stone at her." As the crowd left one by one, Jesus said he didn't condemn her and for her to leave her life of sin. <clears throat> so I wanted to end on one of the most well-known verses of the Bible, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And I want to highlight the word whoever. God gave his only son that whoever believes in him, not just those sitting in this room or watching at home, not just those that know him right now. God wants to know everyone. But if we continue over to the following verse in John three seventeen, it says, For God did not send his son to, to the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God sent Jesus to save us. A gracious God in all his goodness not only created us in his image, but gave us a second chance through his son Jesus that we may know him and be saved. It sounds an awful lot like God cares quite a bit about us. All of us. So now what? Well, each and every day, we're interacting with all kinds of people, And if you're truly a follower of Christ, there's a high probability that he has placed someone in your life that he has gently nudged towards you. What if you're his only plan for reaching that person? Will you casually continually pass with your head down, selfishly focused on your daily tasks? Or will you hear God's call and be a reflection of his grace? Jesus reminded us with his last words to make disciples wherever we go. God created everything out of his goodness, including us, and we are made in his image and made to worship him. It's too good not to share with everyone. And if God cares about everyone, so should we. And we believe that's a non-negotiable. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and for your love. We're so amazed by your, your creation. And know that you're a true creator of it all. Please just open our eyes to the beauty around us each and every day. We're so thankful that you care for all of us and just want to know us more. We pray you help us see every person as your child and love them the way that you love us. As we leave this morning, help us to be more bold in sharing your love and declaring your glory. And give us discernment to know how you are leading us. All these things we pray in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church. connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.